Welcome to the Dinner Party Download. This is your icebreaker. I have this song called Little Queenie I wrote with Guy Clark, and it was about my dog dying, but I always introduce this song by saying, to err is human, to forgive is canine. I'm Brendan Francis Noonan. I'm Rico Galliano, and from APM American Public Media, this is the Dinner Party Download, the show that helps you win your next dinner party. Our icebreaker this week came from Texas musician and artist Terry Allen, and coming up, actress Greta Gerwig, the sleep elite, ping pong diplomacy, band bourbon, and the weekend, the morning. But the first, time for small talk. So, Brendan, this week, the headlines were all about emergency attempts at averting disaster. Okay. Like, for instance, the pilot of a Southwest Airlines plane had to do an emergency landing when a five-foot hole appeared in the roof of the passenger cabin. That was fun. That's right, and no one was seriously hurt. Which was amazing. Which I think it's because airline seats are so close together these days (laughs) that, like, no one could get dislodged. (laughs) That's why they do that. Yeah. Uh, Also, as of this recording, Congress is in emergency talks to avoid a government shutdown, of course. Which is actually kind of cool. Just in time for tax day. Yeah, that's true. I mean, does that mean I won't have to pay taxes? I don't know. Are your initials GE? They could be. I would sell them like a stadium. I'm sure you would. (laughs) And finally, big disaster averted. Looks like Real Housewives of D.C. won't return for a second TV season. You're right. That's a close one. Yeah. Anyway, for some less hair-raising stories, we turn to the real reporters at Marketplace. Adrian Hill, sustainability reporter for Marketplace. What story are you going to be talking about this weekend? Well, retailers around the country are gussying up their dressing rooms to make it more comfortable to those of us who spend time there. So like wet bar, pedicure service? Not quite, although it would be awesome. No, right now they're talking about things like improving the lighting, adding chandeliers. My question is how far away are we from like those mirrors that could make you look really thin and attractive? Again, I think this is where a wet bar could come in handy. (laughs) Stacey Vanek-Smith, New York reporter. What story are you going to be talking about this weekend? Well, Rico, here in New York on the Craigslist apartment listings, there's a new link for worst New York City landlords. Really? Oh, yeah. It, it has an interactive map, and it shows you where the landlords are, and it's the <laughs> landlords who've had the most violations. So is the entire map just like blood red with all the bazillions <laughs> of landlords? I'm telling you, there are no lack of bad landlords. And I, my theory is that this is going to become the new favorite website for cockroaches. <laughs> They're all emailing each other. It's like, party at 5th and Broadway. Matt Berger, senior web developer for Marketplace. What story are you going to be talking about this weekend? Well, the wholesale retailer Costco is getting into the diamond business. Like the gumball machine, fake diamond ring business? No, they're selling real diamond rings. They they just announced that they have a million-dollar ring for sale. And true to form, it's actually worth $1.6 million. You're just getting a discount because it's Costco. That's incredible. Yeah, but who's going to go to Costco to buy a diamond ring? Probably someone like Larry King who like needs to buy in bulk. And now, time for cocktails. Once again, we tell you something that happened this week in history, then give you a fitting drink to serve along with it. It's like history is Esther Williams doing water ballet in a pool of booze. I think she actually did that. Uh, first, the history. This week, back in 1971, the game of ping pong changed the world. That may sound unlikely, and it was. Our friend Michelle Phillippes here with the story. In the spring of 71, the U.S. and China were not best pals. 
The Cold War was on, and at the World Table Tennis Championship in Japan, the Chinese team was told to not even speak to Americans. Chairman Mao said the team was to imagine the ping pong ball as, quote, the head of your capitalist enemy. But that changed when U.S. player Glenn Cowan accidentally stepped on the wrong hotel shuttle and found himself alone with the entire Chinese team. Champ Zhang Zedong couldn't bear to not speak to him. It seemed impolite. So they chatted through an interpreter, and Zhang even gave Glenn a gift, a silkscreen print. When they got off the bus together, the press was amazed. Pictures of Zhang and Glenn smiling like best pals flew around the world. And a few days later, the U.S. team was invited to play in Beijing, the first American group in China in over 20 years. Now, China had secretly been hinting to Washington they wanted better relations, but the invite was public proof. Ten months later, President Nixon made his historic trip to China, made possible by Zhang and Glenn's ping-pong diplomacy. So that was the history. Now for the drink. I am speaking with Logan Browse. He is, appropriately enough, an American working in Shanghai, China. He's a bartender at The Strip. And Logan, what cocktail did that history inspire you to make? Okay, what I did was I uh, made up a cocktail called Sherman Wow. <laughs> wow. Exactly. What I got is uh, green tea, some honey. That's the Chinese side. Right. And then the American side, because China and America, I have bourbon, Maker's Mark bourbon, which isn't technically legal here in China. Why? Really? Yeah. Is it outlawed? It's just, it's just not imported legally in. Wow. Where, where did you get it? Are you a criminal? Uh, from a suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> I brought it in with me. You know, they ship fake DVDs to the U.S. We smuggle in, uh, you know, booze. Excellent. But green tea and... Green and... tea and whiskey. I know it sounds weird, but it really tastes good together. It's one of those drinks you mix it together and I like... Um, because it's China, everything's more communal when you drink. So we don't drink individual drinks here. We drink for a whole table, a whole group. Yeah. So um, basically, you make a big jug of this, and it's an easy drink to sit and drink with your friends. Like the U.S. ping pong team, the drink itself would be an ambassador of goodwill. It's true, especially if you have enough of them. So, Brendan, I was thinking, we made peace with China over ping pong, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Let's apply this to all our conflicts. Ping pong? Yeah. Well, kind of, we could challenge the Taliban to putt-putt. Oh, yeah. For instance. I can see that, yeah. We could do Yahtzee with Gaddafi, <laughs> which is Sounds actually a musical I'm working on. Uh, folks, if you want to make games and not war, contact us at our website. It's dinnerpartydownload.org. Our guest of honor this week is Greta Gerwig, who the New York Times described as possibly the definitive actress of her generation. She was born in 1983. She has made her name in indie films, but this weekend is co-starring with Russell Brand in the remake of Arthur, whose premiere party you were at last night, right? Yes. Well, look, I have an important question for you, Greta. Mm -hmm. Is it true that you have cats named Paul Newman and Diane Kitten? Yes, it is true. Pa and Diane are my cats. My roommates and I love puns mm -hmm. and cats and older movie stars. So it has to be movie stars because I was thinking maybe like Woody Meowen would be a nice companion. Woody Meowen. Oh, man, yeah. that's a good one. Yeah. We should have done that. Well, if you get another cat, you can have that. Well, but then we'll be like the house with three cats, which is bordering on weird. Well, it would be weirder if you didn't have roommates at three right. cats. Right, that's um, true. Are you a fan of Diane Keaton? Oh, I, uh, yes, obsessively so. I, I love Diane Keaton. Diane Keaton wasn't this kind of mainstream 
glamorpus, mm-hmm. pun intended, for Diane Kitten. Right. You know, like she had a different look and a kind of different approach to things, and that's similar to you. That's true. She's got a certain whimsical quality as well. I don't know exactly what the combination is, but I, I was raised in Northern California, mm-hmm. and I moved to New York when I was 18 for college. And I think that um, Northern California is big on whimsy, which is very unlike New York. So I think I relate to the the dual qualities of being a New Yorker, but also being kind of a a big softy. Hmm, That's interesting. You hail from Sacramento, and Joan Didion is another daughter of Sacramento who moved to New York. Oh, don't I know it. I've read everything she's ever written. Whimsy isn't something I think about when I think about Joan Didion. No, Joan Didion is not whimsical. (laughs) Joan, uh, she had a line in one of her essays where she says something like, I got off the plane in New York in a dress that had looked very smart in Sacramento and now suddenly did not look as smart. And I think about that line all the time because that's constantly how I feel. You kind of came into prominence through your work on like micro-budget indie films, and now you've recently crossed into kind of more mainstream films. Does that analogy work for that, how you're crossing into that world? Yes, yes, it's analogous, the switching of between worlds. And do you feel like you have the right dress on? I thought I wore the right dress last night, actually, <laughs> for the first time almost ever doing this stuff, and and I, and I felt very smart. Well, that's good to hear. I'm sure you looked smart. So... Um, we have two standard questions that we ask everyone on our show. Okay. And the first question is, yes. what question are you tired of being asked in interviews? Uh, what's the deal with mumblecore? <laughs> um, and, anything and, anything mumblecore. And mumblecore, for people who don't know, is a way that critics used to describe some of your early films, which were had 20-something kids who didn't talk very clearly. Right. I, I feel like I've answered it so many times that it's it, it, it's become meaningless to me. It's, it's like when you say a word over and over again and you and then it just seems ridiculous. Yeah. Like if you say refrigerator 50 <laughs> times in a row, you hear the sounds but not the meaning. Yeah. It's like that. Okay, so our second question is, tell us something we don't know either uh, about you or the world at large. Did you know that only men can be colorblind? I didn't know that. Is that true or is that... Yeah, that's true. Has that ever manifest in your life? No, but I have da- I've dated two colorblind men. Did they know that you were Caucasian? Yes, yes. It's not like um, in vogue, Free Your Mind. You know that song? No. No, it's like, Free Your Mind. Rico, if you can stop dancing for a second. Uh, It turns out that women can be colorblind, but it's very rare. One out of ten men are colorblind. And with women, it's more like one out of every 200. Interesting. Yeah. On a related note, I do not know why Hollywood keeps making black and white films. True. Like Arthur, I think, could have benefited from color. Exactly. I said the same thing about Avatar. Yeah. You're totally right. Folks, that's the dinner party download for this week. Special thanks to Jackson Musker, Charlton Thorpe, Jeff Peters, and Rob Schmitz. And we leave you with One for the Road, a song to play on your way to or departing from this weekend's dinner party. It's from a new R&B band and a new genre that our producer calls R&Bmo, which, which I think is pretty accurate. All right. The artist is called The Weekend, and the song is called The Morning. The Bon Appetit. Till the evening, 
complaints from the tenants. Got the walls kicking like they six months pregnant. Drinking LSA with our cereal for breakfast. Girls calling cabs at dawn, quarter to seven. Skies getting cold. We flying from the north. Rocking with our city like a sold out show. A house full of pros that specialize in the poet. Make that money rain as they taking off their clothes. Order plane tickets. Cali is the mission. Visit every month like I'm split life living. Let the world listen if I hate his card slipping. Then my nigga stay tight. Got my back like Pippin. Fast life gripping. Yeah, we're still tipping. Codeine cups paint a picture so vivid. Fakes try to mimic. Get girls timid, but behind closed doors they get pulled. I'm Rico Galliano. I'm Brendan Francis Noonan. And you know, let's play Yahtzee with Gaddafi. Go fish with Iran. Boggle with Bin Laden. Clue with Afghanistan. Play games, not war. Guys, guys, what are you doing? <coughs> Sorry, we, we Sorry. were just uh, working. We were working on, on the, the, show. the show. Why is Rico dressed like a cat? Uh, his name's Calico. Calico? Yes, Calico Mialiano. <laughs>